to another edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of News Corps and Commissioners for HMRC. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 7. And this week we are looking at a tax case and trying to define what a newspaper exactly is. The reason for that is because under the VAT Act 1994, newspapers are zero rated, meaning that VAT is not charged on them. That is obviously fine for print editions that you might see in your local shop, but what about digital editions that are made for e-readers, phones, tablets and online? Should these count as newspapers too? In May 2020, Parliament extended the zero rating to include newspapers that are, quote, supplied electronically, end quote, but this case is about whether tax should be payable before that period. News Corp is probably the biggest newspaper publisher in the country, being responsible for The Times and The Sun. They argue that the digital editions are newspapers for the purposes of the 1994 Act, while HMRC argue that this is not the case and initially rejected the attempt to recover £35 million in taxes. The case made its way through the courts and all the way up to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. The justices began by noting that this is one of the unusual cases where EU law is still relevant, because the period in question is before Brexit, and the EU law in question has in any case been retained by the UK. However, the major issue in these proceedings is that there are two conflicting approaches to statutory interpretation. In general, a statute should be interpreted in line with its context and purpose, and can therefore take account of changes since the law was enacted, such as social, cultural and technological developments. This is known as the always-speaking principle, and seems to align favourably with the arguments from News Corp that the definition of a newspaper can also now encompass digital editions. Unfortunately for them, this is in contrast to the approach to statutory interpretation of zero-rating provisions in EU law, which are to be read very strictly, as they are exceptions to the general principle that goods and services should be subject to VAT. That need for a strict interpretation is then heightened even further when the exception derives from a national rule instead of a rule that has been imposed by the EU. Furthermore, Article 110 of the Principal VAT Directive 2006-112 states that the categories of zero rating cannot be expanded beyond those which existed on the 31st of December 1975. So how are these two different approaches to statutory interpretation to be resolved? Well, in their lead judgment, Lord Hamblin and Burroughs began with that 1975 date. Obviously, at that point, newspapers only referred to print editions, as the very idea of a digital edition would have seemed like something out of a sci-fi novel. Nevertheless, the purpose behind that zero rating policy was found to be the promotion of literacy, the dissemination of knowledge, and democratic accountability. In theory, those purposes could also apply to digital editions, but the Supreme Court found the purposes to be so broad that they could relate to a range of items such as an online rolling news service. Instead, under EU law, the idea behind the standstill provision, which locked in zero rating, was to prevent any hardship occurring from the abolition of existing national measures. 
it would be hard to argue that there would be a social hardship from the exclusion of digital editions of newspapers because at the time they simply did not exist. Furthermore, the standstill provision was only meant to be transitional, with the ultimate aim being to achieve harmonisation across the European Union. All of this points towards a narrow interpretation of newspapers. Returning to the statutory interpretation, and the always speaking principle has to be applied in the context of the standstill provision from EU law. In 1975, buying a newspaper meant having access to the news in physical form without the need for connectivity or some other device. That distinction reflects a conceptual difference between newspapers as goods and digital editions as services, so this is more than simply a question of degree. As such, it is acceptable to distinguish between print and digital editions. During these proceedings, News Corp also argued that the principle of fiscal neutrality requires similar goods and services to be treated in the same way for tax purposes, and so print and digital editions should both be zero rated for VAT. Unfortunately for them, the previous discussion meant that digital editions could only be compared with other digital editions, and all of them are subject to VAT. Taking all of this into account, News Corp's appeal was dismissed. And I think on the surface, this appears like an especially harsh decision. The difference between physical and digital editions of newspapers is negligible at best. At the end of the day, they both contain the same content, and in this digital age, neither is difficult to access. Making a distinction between the two by referencing the state of things in 1975 is by definition anachronistic and doesn't sit right. I have talked on the podcast and in my newsletter before about the failures of the law to keep up with technological developments, and this seems to be a perfect example of this. As we read into the judgment a little bit more, we can start to see where the Supreme Court is coming from. Zero rating provisions are to be interpreted strictly, and that does make sense because you don't want a wide range of goods and services to end up being tax-free, as that would have a negative effect on the exchequer. Nevertheless, I think this is a case where this is taken to a bit of an extreme. After all, the aim of zero rating newspapers was said to be the promotion of literacy, the dissemination of knowledge, and democratic accountability. Those aims are also achieved via digital editions. The justices might have felt that the definition was so broad as to apply to a range of things, and on its own that might be true, but that's an argument that exists in bad faith. After all, how many goods and services really achieve those aims and also fit into the definition of a newspaper? Aside from physical and digital editions, the list is pretty short. Many will agree that the Supreme Court was justified in applying a strict definition but ultimately it just makes the court seem like it is stuck in the past. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. If you are enjoying the podcast, then do please take the time to leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen. It makes a world of difference and helps other people find the podcast. Plus, if you leave a written review on iTunes, I will read it out on the pod. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now... Bye!